Welcome to the Passive Mobile Home Park Investing Podcast with your host, Andrew Keel. This is the podcast where you can get the education you need to invest 100% passively in the highly profitable niche of mobile home parks. Welcome to the Passive Mobile Home Park Investing Podcast. This is your host, Andrew Keel. And today we have an amazing guest and Mr. Jim Glasgow of Placeway Management. Before we dive in, I want to ask a quick favor. Would you mind taking an extra 30 seconds and heading over to iTunes to rate this podcast with five stars? This helps us get more listeners and means the absolute world to me. So thank you for making my day with that review of the show. All right, let's dive in. James has 35 years of real estate investing in syndication experience, as well as 28 years on the corporate side as an executive and business owner. His real estate investing experience includes residential properties, mobile home investing, commercial properties, land, real estate development, and construction. Mr. Glasgow is the general partner at Placeway Management, and Placeway syndicates and develops uh, mobile home parks and light industrial business parks in Texas. Jim, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Definitely. Would you mind starting out by telling our listeners a little bit about your story and what got you into mobile home park development? Well, I've been a real estate investor uh, for the first 30 years. It was part-time because I had my own company I was running and I made, uh, I don't know, three, $4 million over that 30 years as a real estate investor. I happen to believe it's one of the best ways for people to get wealthy, especially people who don't have a leg up to start with. It's just a great way to go. And then uh, I retired, uh, which didn't work out too well for somebody who's used to working. And people with money came to me and wanted me to help them buy apartment complexes. Uh, half a dozen of them wanted to buy mobile home parks, small ones anyway, you know, up to 30 units or so, rather small. So I helped those, uh, I guess there's five or six of those guys out. And then the apartment complexes, as I researched that industry, and we'd done a 48-unit building over the years in several smaller apartments. The, I just couldn't make the numbers work for the buy value add. Uh, I was just a little bit late in the supply chain. As it turned out, with increasing rents, it would have worked out okay, but I didn't know that at the time. And mobile homes was something I had been buying and selling for years. And, and the small parks I helped people buy uh, turned out to be cash cows. So I told the investors, if you can put up the money, we'll get in there and get it done. I've done, done lots of development over the years, so we can certainly do this. It's, it's not difficult to do other than it's just time consuming. And, and, and so that led me back to mobile homes. And, and if you do the research, you'll find that mobile homes have a much greater return on investment than uh, even multifamily. Definitely. Could you go back and tell us a little more about your development experience? Like, did you, I know you said a 48 unit apartment complex. Did you develop that and, and oversee no, the we, building? For 30 years, I bought and sold houses, rent houses, office, small office buildings. I'd rehab the office buildings and then eventually sell those. Uh, we did a 48 unit apartment building. Uh, it was a value add. We bought it, uh, owned it for quite a few years and then sold that. One of my partners wanted out of that deal. We were 50-50 partners. He wanted out. So, okay, get out. So we sold it and, and I was fixing to retire anyway. I started downsizing, not owning as many houses as I used to own. I think I've got five left. And we done, I did a um, development of a mini storage in San Antonio about 25 years ago, been a long time. 
Wow. Um, and so, so I've been through all of the ups and downs and the land accumulation oh. and entitlement process and all that. So I knew about all that. And, and I'd been raising money from private investors for 30 years. So, so I knew about that too. So I had all of the skills necessary. And, and now that I'm older, I, I just want to do bigger deals or, or go buying a house and turn into rental property or flipping a home. Uh, it just isn't exciting for me anymore. And, and I'm too old to be doing it that slow of a process. So that got me into larger deals in a mobile home park. In this case, uh, it really needs to be 100, 100 units or higher to make the numbers work. And 250 to 500 is the sweet spot for a development because just of the cost of development. So uh, now I'm doing a $13 million project. And, and because I'm the developer and the syndicator, I'm working on a small percentage of that for my share. So the, the project has to be big enough to be worth me putting my time in. Oh, totally. Yeah, like, no. It's not like nobody's paying me, right? So Hey, I totally understand. Totally understand, Jim. Can you tell us a little bit about like most recently, you know, I know you're working on uh, one mobile home park development right now that you said has been a, a long process, but then previous to that, what is what else have you developed most recently? That most recent one at the moment, and then I have a light industrial business park in San Antonio. Uh, we bought that land last summer and we're in the process of planning that also. So, and it'll go quicker because it's, it's 28 acres, not 60. And it's, uh, it's 17 buildings, not 250. So it'll go much quicker to, to do that. And part of the delay is of, of this project, about a year of it is just because of COVID. And when COVID came along, I didn't think it was going to affect us much, but people working at home is just not efficient uh, in a development business. It may be in some other industries, but it sure isn't when people need to look at plans and uh, go down the hall and talk to somebody else and, and, and get back with the information that we need to be able to continue with the development process. Yeah, that is, uh, that's amazing. So tell us about this project. You said it's, it's a retirement project for you to develop this mobile home park. And you said it's around $13 million. Is that uh, yes. your, your cost basis uh, so far? We're estimating about 13.5 all in. We would like to do 10 mobile home parks over the next five or six years, but you got to have one up to show. So when you're raising money from people, they want to have something to go look at. They want to see that you know what you're doing. So we've got to get that demo project up and running. And we've, uh, we're raising $6 million for that, which we've got commitments for all of it, but some of them will fall out. So we probably got room for maybe another million, but um, I'm not taking people's money. I'm just putting them on the list in case people fall out, which they always do. That's just the way it is. And then we'll borrow about uh, 70, 65, 70% of the money from a bank to, to do the development. Then we'll do a takeout loan. So 250 houses, 259 actually, but some of them are, are many houses. So 259 units, uh, about a mm, probably close to $2 million cash flow when it's completely leased, leased up and, and um, return for investors. We're shooting for 15.9, but we think we'll do over 20. Wow, that's uh, that's fantastic. And how did you come up with the numbers for budgeting purposes? Like how much did it how much does it cost per lot, you know, to get all the utility infrastructure, everything but the home there? What did you know, so far, what does it end up looking like? I know you're still in the planning phases, right? We don't have any any bulldozer bulldozers mm -hmm. moving yet. 
now we just bulldozed road in to get the um, uh, seismic trucks in to do some testing. It's the only bulldozer we've had on a property so far, but we're pretty close to doing that now. Cost estimating for mobile home parks was difficult in the beginning. When I first started, when you Google mobile home parks, all you got was don't build a mobile home park, go buy one and fix it up. But over the last three or four years, that has changed and the interest from all over the country has greatly picked up. And even the Manufactured Housing Institute is holding their first uh, full day seminar on how to develop mobile home park in April in Florida. The first one that's been held in 30 years. So it's it's been a long time coming and it's about time that it got back up there. But coming up with the numbers was a difficult task. But having been a develop, through the development process before, and uh, one of my business partners is a civil engineer and he worked in uh, residential home development. And basically that's what a mobile home park is. It's a residential development. It just has a lot more hoops to jump through than a residential developer does. And the uh, density is uh, heavier. Instead of four to five houses per acre, you're trying to stick in six or seven. But, you know, 30 years ago, you would have put 10 houses per acre, but it's just nowadays people want a little more land. So, so coming up with our numbers was difficult, but having been through this process several times before, um, we came up with working numbers and we got up to 48,000 per, per site all in. That's land and everything, not counting the houses, of course. Ready to sell the house to somebody, we're at about 48,000. So we're thinking we're going to come in between forty-five and and fifty-four thousand dollars of investment per uh, home site. Wow, that's higher than I thought it would be. And then what? And most uh, people think it's thirty-five thousand, and and but when you go buy an existing mobile home park today, they're they're in the forty-five to eighty-five thousand if they're in a in a good market that can command sure. five hundred or more per month, uh, and they're and they're selling like hotcakes. So even even at two and 3% return on investment, they're still selling as quick as they go on the market. Yeah, and then what type of houses are you gonna put on these lots? Are they gonna be all double wides? Are they gonna be all single wides? And what is the average cost of those homes? All right, so ideally, now keep in mind that, that I'm a syndicator and developer and we only own a project for say 10 years and then we sell that. So when I look at that, I look at, what does the market want? What can we get financed 10 years down the road? Well, that means that you don't want more than 30% of the homes to be rental homes, and you don't want more than 50%, preferably 40% to be double wides. Now that's changing somewhat. So our goal will be 60 to 70% single wides, and we will keep the number of units that are owned by the park and rent it instead of sold at 30 or less, 30% or less. Okay. But what about the cost of those homes? You know, because actually when I was talking with Fannie Mae, they wanted double wides. They wanted more double wides than single wides in, you know, one of their metrics. And then they wanted, I think, less than 20% park-owned homes. But tell me about the cost of those homes. Like if someone wants to buy a home in your community, you know, how much is that going to cost for them? And are these going to be, you know, I would assume all brand new homes and then you said lot rent target, you know, after someone owns their home is around 500 a month. Is that right? Well, the target's 650 because of the cost okay. of construction has been going up and, and the, the total cost of the lot. But when you're looking to buy land for a mobile home, if the going rents in a metro are less than $500, I pass. And we're, we're looking for property now to, to build a 500 unit 
uh, I've gotten investors interested in doing it. So, so that's the metric. And and 650 lot rents will work ideally 550 to 650. The cost of the homes, single wides are going to they'll vary from installed with skirting tied down with a storage room in the backyard, front porch, back porch, two car parking space, and we're looking at about 60,000 to 80 on a single, and we're looking to from 70 to 110 on a double. Again, depending on size and quality issues because. You can have paneling or you can have sheetrock inside. You can have flat ceilings, cathedral ceilings. There's a lot of options in the, in the quality of the mobile homes are just superb today. So we're not going to dictate the prices. We're going to put 12 houses on the lot and a yard to show. And then when the people come in, they'll tell us what they want. And that's what we're going to bring in. If that means more double wides, that's great. If that means more single wide, that's great. But we need to keep the metric for the mix to what the banks will finance. And I'm glad to hear that uh, Fannie Mae will do uh, more double-wise, but that's a little different from financing a complete park unless they put something out that I'm just not aware of yet. Yeah, I'm not familiar if they have any like new development loans. They have, not... takeout, they have takeout, 40-year takeout loans at really a good interest rate, but it's only one of them has been approved in, in uh, the last 10 years. So wow. you can say they've got it, but that doesn't mean you're going to get it. It's a long process to get it. It can take up a year just for the application. So, so I'm sure. not excited about that. And we're, we're the local banks are still the development. Bellman business is still a local business. Wow, that's crazy. So, what market is your current development in? It's in San Marcos, Texas, over by their airport, about three and a half miles from the downtown. That town has about sixty-nine thousand residents. Uh, it has thirty something thousand students to go to the university there. We're 50 miles from to San Antonio and about 34 to Austin. So excellent location. It's you our third 34, location. You said 34 miles to Austin? About 34 miles to Austin if, uh, on the south side of Austin. And then we're about 54 miles to San Antonio. Oh, very cool. And then, so you just, I mean, I'm curious on the market study beforehand. So did you call the parks beforehand and, and get a market analysis of what the average lot rent was and, and then the average home price, because I mean, having a cost basis around 150,000 just to get homes there, right? Get the lots well, ready and get a home on it. Well, but but you can't look at it that way. You've got to look at it as what does it cost you to develop a park space to park a house? And what is the return on that investment? And if you can get, say, 600 bucks a month rent and your cost to develop is $54,000, I mean, the numbers are pretty good for that. So uh, what's that, a five or six year payback? I haven't, don't want to run a calculator while I'm on your show, but that's a pretty dang good return. It's about 11% cash on cash, if I'm right. And that's without leverage. And with the leverage, you should hit around 16, 19% just on the lot rent alone. Remember, you're renting dirt, so there's no, there's really no cost like painting the walls or anything. The house you're going to sell. So the person buy comes in, they buy a house. Let's say they buy a house for $70,000. They put five grand down, they're financing 65,000 at 22 years at mm. 6%. Awesome. Their total payments, what, 1100 bucks a month for a three bedroom, two bath, brand new home that they can park in the front yard. I mean, that's not yeah. bad. Right smack dab that's, that's in the middle of- house. That's, that's affordable housing. Yeah, and you're right in the middle of uh, you know Austin and San Antonio. So, I mean, that is a, a really hot market right now. But I've gone out to smaller markets uh, in Texas and little parks that 
are less than desirable we're getting 500 a month rent now so so the rent base has really come up and part of the reason is just a lack of competition in the business that most all the parks are full even those that report that they've got some vacancy when you go talk to them they don't really want have a vacancy they they're looking for vacancy so they can put a house in there and sell it and make a few dollars yeah no that makes a ton of sense so tell us about your partners you said you have one that's a civil engineer do you have any others on the GP side of these? Yes, deals? we have a we. Yes, we do have a gentleman who is a property manager. He's in the property management business. The civil engineer is closing down his engineering business to work on these developments for us full time, because we'd like to do uh, at least two two developments a year. And um, the process takes a while, so you need to have four or five in the process if you're at any one time. If you're going to start two projects a year you better have four or six in the works because of the just the lag time and getting things approved and, and like i say the lag times of the process of getting approvals has really stretched out in the last uh, 24 months yeah so when did you go ahead and get this property under contract for the current development two a little over two years ago we got the zoning approved last uh, june 6th which is the real struggle getting zoning approval. That's when we started the development process. So uh, we'd actually started a little ahead of that. So, and then we were hoping to be done by April and, and here it is of last year. And here we are um, coming up on April again. So we're about a year behind. So, so uh, we purchased the land and paid it off last uh, summer. Wow. That is, I mean, that just obviously COVID threw you a curveball there. But well, um, it has for everybody. And I was feeling really bad, like, gosh, I need to do a better job of managing my uh, projects. And, and then I went and talked to some people that are doing the same thing we're doing. Uh, and one of them, three and a half years just to get a sewer permit. So I wasn't feeling so bad after talking to him because every, everybody's behind. It just If you want to build a house in Austin, Texas, it could take you seven, eight months just to get a permit to build a house. I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. It used to be four, five, six weeks, and you could go down and pick your permit up. But but it's seven and eight months long. I mean, people jeez. working from home for municipalities has not worked very well. Yeah, jeez. And then where are you based out of? Are you close to the you know, San Marcos area? I'm in San Antonio, and I've been there okay. for about 40 years. But I uh, do business all over the state of Texas. So right now I'm sitting in Dallas. So I do business all over the state of Texas. Very cool. What do you think is most important for limited partners, you know, passive investors? What do you think is most important for them to know prior to investing into a mobile home park development that, you know, they could they could listen on this podcast and take that away and, you know, as mobile home park development, you know, maybe it becomes more popular uh, because the uh, demand for affordable housing is so strong. What do they need to know prior to investing into something? I mean, it Obviously, the timeline, I think, would be one of the big things that they need to know is, hey, this could get pushed out and you're not going to have much cash flow for possibly a couple of years, right, while this gets approved. What else should they know up front? Well, okay, as far as popularity, it's, it's rapidly becoming the end thing to do, and it's going to be happening all over the United States. So over the next five years, you're going to see a lot of new mobile home park developments, assuming we can keep up with the manufacturing to fill them. As far as the timeline, uh, it's new development. And new development is going to take 24 
to 36 months and maybe 48 months before it cash flows from the time you put your money in. Now, if, you're, if they're ready to start construction, you might start cash flowing in 24 months. But even if they're ready to start construction, it's just going to take a while. So the good here's the advantage to that. You're When you're buying into a development, you're buying in at wholesale. You're not paying retail. When, it, when a syndicator goes out and buys an office building, he's paying retail for that office building. And then he's going to rehab that office building and improve the, the profitability of that. And, and that's where the return on the investment is going to come. But when you develop it, we're talking about a brand new park. When we finish ours out, we will triple the value of the money that we've spent. The return to the investors should hit between 20 and 30% uh, at the time we sell it. And keep in mind, a lot of that comes when you sell it. But the internal cash flow is 14.9%. And that's without anything but the internal cash flow. So you can catch up rather quickly. And then when you sell the park, um, the return is great. So um, the numbers are really high when you just plain spreadsheet it. But I know from experience that we need to tone them down. So we tell investors that their average rate of return will be about 15.9%. And then uh, we'd like to blow that out of the saddle if we can. But that's the advantage to development. And if you look around anywhere in the United States, it's new development. And they're going up everywhere. And all the money is chasing that because the return is better than anything else you can do. Unless the stock market doubles tomorrow, then then real. Well, let me ask you this, because you, you said earlier that with developing a mobile home park, there's more hoops versus a single family subdivision that has less hoops. So, you know, would that be involved with the zoning? Because, you know, from what I've heard, is that the zoning pushes back on mobile home park developments with people not wanting to have a mobile home park in their backyard. Uh, also the, the costs, right. And, and the average mobile home park tenant, you know, versus what they cost a municipality. Maybe you can shed some light on that. Well, the municipalities, the truth is it's the only unsubsidized affordable housing that we can put together and we can do it rather quickly and we can do it in fairly large numbers. So if we really truly want to solve the uh, affordable housing issue, this is the only play thing that really makes any sense. Everything else is more expensive. They, they're trying tiny homes and all that, but that's even more expensive. Mobile manufactured housing is, is, is the solution because the people can buy. Where can you buy a house for $60,000 that's three bedroom, two bath? And then even if you rent the lot, you're, you're still under, you could get under a thousand if you have a little down payment or want to buy a lower a little lower quality, but most people want to upgrade a little bit. And, and so I always tell them around 1100 bucks and that's all in that's taxes, insurance, everything. So it's super affordable. You can't rent a two bedroom apartment for that hardly. Uh, not a good one anyway. So it's, it's a, still a good value and, and homes are appreciating a little bit there. You're not going to make a ton of appreciation on the $60,000 house, even if it just holds its value for 10 years and you sell it and walk away with uh, $30,000, for a down payment for a, a stick built house uh, 10 years later and had a nice place to live. It's a pretty good deal for, for, for somebody who can't afford something better or different. And then there's people who want to move to mobile home parks. Who I totally, to I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I don't think anybody is going to argue with you about the demand for affordable housing and the affordability piece of it. I think well, the big have, piece. That, that's think, what you have to do to get the zoning approved is you have to sell it on the affordable housing issue. You okay. just have to ask the city if, if uh, they don't want, I don't want, I don't want, I don't think the people should live there. I don't think they have the traffic. Well, okay, in your town, if you don't do affordable housing in this area that we picked, where are you going to do it? I can tell you, they don't have an answer. And if you ask them, well, who has a, an affordable housing uh, project going on in your town? 
we do. Now, do you want to not approve us? <laughs> so you, you want to tell people I don't have an issue, I don't have a, a solution, and, and I'm turned down the one solution that's out there. And that, that's what you got to do to get them convinced that they need to approve the zoning. So zoning is an issue. Uh, from an investor's point of view, though, um, they need to look at the developer, see if they have any experience. Um, they need to look at the project itself. They need to look at the return on investment and how is my money going to make me money? What is the uh, investment stack or what we call what, what's the waterfall? When am I going to get my money? How am I going to get it? And when did my money start earning money? So you don't want to put money in to an investment that has a lot of front fees and, and expenses at, be, because you want your investment in the project. And two, you want your money to start accruing interest to your account immediately to be paid when the project begins to make money. Otherwise, um, you might as well wait till they're ready to start selling houses before you put your money in. By then it's too late though, because all the early money is where the, the by the time somebody, if they wait till I start construction, we won't need them. So you got to get in early. And, and that's just a development business and it's that way everywhere. But as you look, look around, you can't hardly drive down a highway. You don't see a new development going on. And it's because that's, it's super profitable. That's true. You know, I live in Orlando and, you know, I see a lot of multifamily development, you know, when I go around and I see subdivisions, but I don't see many mobile home parks. So well, because, because two, two things, one, people don't know anything about it. And two, the finance is a little more difficult and you have to actually go out and sell the house to somebody. Uh, and there's 250 of them on 59 acres. And, and so in a residential development, they're selling the lot in the house right away and paying off the bank right away. It's not a long-term hold. So what we've done in the mobile home park business is we've uh, married development, developing a subdivision and the rental business in one. And that's what makes it so lucrative. But hmm. yeah. there's, there's companies out there that own 1200 parks that have 50,000 people paying them rent. I mean, it's amazing how good the business is and how the cash flow is. And it's 30% more profitable than single than uh, multifamily because you don't own the toilet. If you don't own the toilet, you don't have to fix it. <laughs> that's that's the simple. Biggest, I, I, it's that's just the, the way it is. So the, sell, right? Well, it is the mobile the, home parks the, is the lack of maintenance, you know, you don't have. Um, but isn't there lower hanging fruit, Jim? You know, like isn't there mom and pops out there that have these these mobile home parks that they've had and they've just taken their foot off the gas and now there's you know 75% occupancy instead of 100 and you can go in and just you know isn't it easier to to get a good return uh, that's been my model anyways is just to to fill up the remaining 25% tweak you know bill back utilities things like that uh, versus you know the risk associated with waiting potentially three years to be able to put a shovel in the ground and start a new development. And then how long is it going to take to finish, right? Is it going to take a year to finish the development once it starts? No, it'll take uh, from the, from once you start construction to the time you sell the last house is probably 44 months, 44 months. And then, I mean, do you five to six, five or six years, but you've taken a $13 million project. That's that's cash flowing 14 million for a year. And at a six and a half percent cap rate, that's $33 million. 
And, and I know some guys, the Spartan Investment Group, uh, they just developed one uh, up in Seattle. And before the homes were even delivered, they were able to sell it at the certificate of occupancy. They were able to sell it to some big group and they were going to bring the homes in. And so I, I definitely see it. I just think it's very market dependent. You need to be in like the hottest markets around Austin, Texas, Seattle, you know, others that are really going to be able to sell the homes. I think in that park in Seattle, uh, they were able to sell the homes for like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You know, every well, single home. Seattle's a specialty market. It's it's, and I wouldn't want to bank on that. Uh, sure, but the returns are there no matter what, and the, and they're good returns. Uh, sad that it takes so long to do the development, but but uh, if, if the investors can average fifteen to twenty percent of return on their investment over twenty year, I mean over a ten year period, even though uh, you know. 60% of that comes when the project is sold or refinanced because because ideally what you do is five, six years in, you'd refinance as soon as you were full, give them money, mm -hmm. the investors their cash back that they put in. So now they have no money in, but they still have whatever percentage they bought in at. So now they're getting their cash flow from the project and future appreciation, but they've got their money back to go do another project. So the, so the numbers are better than, than it first appears to be. And, and so when we design one of these projects, we want 11 to 12% cash on cash return. Then when we leverage that out, we know we can hit 16, 17, 18% uh, on cash flow. And then when we add in the appreciated value, the I can sell the mobile home park today and it's not even developed yet. And I, I could sell it for everything that I've got in it, plus pay all the investors their money back, plus pay them 8% interest on their money. That's how good it is. The market is, yeah. is, is there. There's plenty of people, investors lined up wanting to buy my project right out from under me. They, oh, because I bet. they want something, they want something that's shovel ready. And that's why we plan to do 10 of them over the next five years. Uh, yeah. It's just a, the, the hardest part in, as a developer is coming up with the initial cash flow because you need a million and a half dollars to get the project off the ground. And you may go through two or three properties before you finally get zoning approval. And that, that's where a lot of our time went. We spent the first year uh, buying, uh, putting properties on a contract, couldn't get the platting and stuff done and then moved on to the next property until we found one where we can get it done. And in the process, we learned some stuff and we were, we're able to cut that down some. Uh, and where's that money come from? Where's that money come from, Jim? Is that your money that you're just... Well, the original, the, your original startup money is going to come from whoever your syndicator is, like me. I, I've got to come up with a quarter of a million dollars to get off the ground. And then the investors start coming in after that. They want... They, they're not buying a, a plan on a piece of paper. They, well, where, where's the property? Have you got it tied up yet? Is it under contract? Uh, you know, where are you at in the process? And, and all of those are legitimate questions. And the better I answer those, the, the easier it is to track money. Uh, but we've raised, uh, raised or got commitments for $6 million already, and half that's already paid in. So, uh, and we're doing quite well right out from under us, and, but, but we're not interested in selling. Besides, we have a commitment to our investors. And, we, and once this project's up and running, the next one will get easier. And we will be able to take people around and show it to them. And if you're building a first class facility, which is what you have to build today, which is one of the reasons that the cost per lot is higher, uh, you need a clubhouse and tennis courts and swimming pool and all that stuff. There's more amenities than you have in a typical subdivision. Uh, and for instance, one of the hoops you have to jump through that a subdivision generally doesn't is we have to provide off street parking for boats and RVs and a mobile home mm -hmm. park. And you don't have to do that in a subdivision. And so sure. that's just one example of in the local where, municipality, the local zoning is requiring you to do that. It, it is. And yes. And, and the, there's park fees set asides. There's uh, 25, 30% of your budget is for uh, 
I call them uh, standby fees, but um, sewer and water absorption fees and that sort of thing. So, mm. so that and part of the reason your cost to develop in, in, in not just us, but houses and everybody doing any kind of development is all the fees the city have put on us. It's not unusual to have $20,000 worth of fees per lot fees. We haven't done a shovel and we got in this particular case, we've got $15,000 worth, but one of the projects we penciled out was at 19,500 and just fees. That wow. Had paid I think, I think Jim, one of the big things that the listeners would want to hear about when, you know, we're talking about this is the timeline to get the homes on the site. Now I know Austin is a special place. I've talked to some others that they said dealers will bring in homes and sell the homes on their lots in the parks. So I don't say I don't. I wouldn't say that that's very common across you know the entire U.S. Uh, but when you say you know the the backlogs right now, do you think that's going to last? You know, like where where no, will those no. be? You know, next year and the year after. Well, Texas has one new uh, factory that uh, Clayton opened, and there's a gentleman in Waco built a factory three years ago, and he's doubling the size of it. So. The demand is there. People, uh, I talked to one guy from Arizona who was getting his houses in Texas. I mean, that's pretty bad because they don't have any supply out there at the moment. But but it's changing. They're, they're going to catch up. Every manufacturer out there is trying to figure out how can we build more houses. They'll go to triple shifts if that's what it takes to get it done. No one, these big companies aren't going to leave the money laying around on the table. They're going to put it sure. out there if there's a demand for the product. So we're looking at about six months. All that means from our point of view is that we have to figure out that we need to set two houses a week. So I need six months worth of houses. Do the math. I got to order that many houses to come in to where I have two houses being set every week, whether I sell them or rent them or what, I better have, have a plan. Yeah. And so you need a plan to fill the park and dealers are only one part of the plan. And we don't expect dealers to represent more than 5% of our sales. We're going to be selling most of them ourselves. You have to have a sales organization. Again, it's a, just kind of a different situation. Uh, and, we, and, and we'll do some rentals. You know, I've got plenty of investors that would love, love to do rentals inside of our park. So uh, for that, there's money. Definitely. And, and, and the I, manufacturers have programs for that too. I agree. Yeah. And no, I went through Memphis Blues, which was like the community of the year up in Memphis, uh, it was a property owned by UMH and they, they like took a park and scrapped it and rebuilt a new one. And it's all rental homes with brand new, brand new homes. And they're doing really well. It's full. And there's so. a, there's a market, you know, there's a market for that. Um, but I've been a landlord for 40 plus years <laughs> and, um, and we'll do a rental business, but we generally do a five-year rental program and then sell it to, for whatever. So let's say a house costs us 60 grand a set. Mm -hmm. We'll rent it for five years, then sell it to the somebody for for exactly what we paid for it, sixty grand. Good deal for the buy buying it. He doesn't have any markup on the house. He gets a a bargain price on the house. And about the time that uh, we would have to do uh, painting and things, it's turned over to somebody else. So so that's the way we'll do our rental business. And we would only rent them in the event that we've got to maintain two sales a week. So if that means rentals or sales, we're going to do two a week. I love it. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for coming on the show. If any of our listeners would like to get a hold of you, how would they best do that? Well, my email address is pretty simple. Edward Jim 590 Yahoo, E-W-A-R-D-J-I-M 59 at Yahoo. Uh, or they can go to palaceway.com, P-A-L-A-C-E way.com, W-A-Y. And uh, we have a, our website there. They can go to either one of those. Email me or 
or go to the website and I'll be happy to respond. Uh, love this business, love real estate, real estate investing. And um, I think everybody ought to get into it. And the only way we can do that is to help other people do it. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Jim, for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, sir. That's it for today, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, are you getting value out of this show? If so, would you mind please going over to iTunes and leaving the show a quick five-star review? I have a goal of hitting over 100 five-star reviews by the end of 2021, and it would mean the absolute world to me if you could help contribute to that. Thanks ahead of time for making my day with your five-star review of the show.